and welcome to the Breeze Radio Hour on AM 1630. You can also stream on chafee.edu for its last broadcast. I'm your host, Katie Priest, and I'm here with our co-host, Chaka Paul Jr. Today, we're going to do a quick rundown of our San Francisco trip. We're also going to have a conversation about Sue for Tuesday, which is coming up tomorrow, along with Zine Fest and a couple articles Charles has pulled from the Breeze archives today. So do you want to go ahead and talk about our San Francisco trip? There's a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. So we went to San Francisco as the breeze representing our college's uh, newspaper and also our student publications such as the Baseline or the Chafee Review. Um, We went there to basically learn some new things about how to make student publications better to help you guys learn about our student publications, but also um, experience the city just too as college students in a way to learn about the people and the things there and talk to the newspaper there. So what would you say was like your favorite session? My favorite session, um, that would have to be the panel where they spoke about um, um, photojournalism, how they talked about how it was able to capture a whole new moment of taking down life stories in quick little moments where you're able to understand a situation much faster than speaking or writing about it. That was something that really stuck to me. And I'm now as a journalist gonna try to see if I can incorporate that kind of style into my own writing and my own understanding. Yeah, I like the photojournalism sessions as well. Um, personally, my favorite session was actually like a keynote. It was the last one we went to about voting. She um, specifically only talked about just like how to get people to vote, not for a specific person or party, anything like that. Just teaching people about voting, what voter suppression is and stuff like that, and just being like in your community and educating your community. And I thought that was really important, especially for us as college students. I think that's something that we should educate ourselves on or as the paper work on towards to helping the campus community just learn more about like what voting is. That was one of my favorite things. What do you think was one of your favorite things of the trip? Like not just the conference of like, you know, we went to Dolores Park and we went to Pier 39, like of those things, like what was one of your favorites? Mine would have to be just exploring the city in general and seeing the difference of Southern California to Northern California. Um, I said many times on the trip that San Francisco felt like a cleaner L.A., but that was just a broad kind of statement. And after traveling more and more, I was able to understand more of the history. Um, I didn't tell anyone this, but um, during the night I would leave um, the hotel to go walk around. Bad idea for most people, but... (laughs) It showed me a lot more than um, that I could see here. Um, just how different people act during the night, how the culture is just a whole different situation. I was able to talk to a few people just, and I would say not the most seedy or educated people, but they had these stories and understandings that I could never be part of they had a whole different pedigree than me who grew up in like Eastville or Rancho Cucamonga where they grew up on the streets and had this whole new perspective that I could not be part of even though now looking back on it I want to know more and I want to explore more and give them a voice because no one's ever talking to them they're just seen as these people who are off to the side like vagabonds like vagrants is that something that you would want to like take to your reporting here at the breeze, like talking to people who maybe aren't 
maybe are considered like outsiders or on the fringe of society is that something that like san francisco like maybe taught you to like go out of your comfort zone it showed me a new aspect of going to meet people going to give a voice to people who yes are on the fringe of society who aren't seen in a good light who don't have the same recognition as some of us we do yeah that's something like i i think like i learned too like just talking to people going somewhere that you maybe aren't comfortable with going outside of like the session or the hotel right we had we could either have stayed there and you know stayed safe right in the nicer part of town but i think getting on public transit going on the subway going like out of your way to like experience the city i think is probably one of the best things about that trip also for someone being in um southern california the subway system is terrifying and it was many times where i thought we were going to crash but i would suggest going on at least once maybe only once do you think the subway is convenient though i know like you hated the screeching when it braked when it rattled it was terrifying i've been to like dc new york and san francisco all the subways are the same they're not different they're it's, not scary <laughs> it's just the fact it went so fast and you had no control over the situation bugged me and no i would say it's very convenient it's very quick very easy to get on but also i panicked a lot i couldn't stop that panic what about the air train did the air train scare you no because i've been on that a lot but like it was like a different feeling, you know. You don't know. Um, you know the air train doesn't have a conductor, and the subway does. You're not changing my opinion <laughs> on the subway. I like, yeah. I think public charge, like the experience, like for us at least, is like college, TP college students specifically. We're in an area where commuter, generally a commuter college. You know, I drive from San Bernardino and stuff like that. And being there, like seeing that difference of like how easy it is to jump on uh, two different kinds of buses, three different kinds of trains. Like there's different layers to that. So I think that was something that was yeah, it felt... different and new. And I think that's like something that like when we write about, I know we have a bunch of stories coming out that you should keep a lookout for on thebreeze.com, thebreezepaper.com, um, just about that experience. Like it's so different from yeah. the IE. It felt and I believe um, our lovely um, person who guided us, our, um, Hector, explained how it felt more compact and how these intricate networks of different travels, which you talk about the bus and the subway, and it felt made the city feel more together, even though there's so much to explore. And even walking, we found that it was just like way more you could see than being on the train or on the bus, but it still had their own flavor of transport in a weird way. Yeah, I think I was thinking about that just even on my drive in how like spread out we are in like the, you know, the suburban like sprawl versus like the compactness of an urban city. Going back to journalism, though, and like why we were there, is there anything that like you want to implement? Like I, I mean, you saw me right now before we even got here. I started implementing things that we've learned there just in the breeze. Was there anything that you specifically want to change or see happen yeah um i went to a panel where they're talking about being creative and how to incorporate it into your like your classroom or your group and they just talked about throw out any random ideas you want and never let someone say hey that's a stupid idea because that's going to cut the flow of a mindset where you just connect because for every five bad ideas you throw out there there's going to be like two good ones and one oh that's pretty uh, decent and the, the perfect one that's built off those let's say like basic words where these bad ones will start to build a foundation of like okay what about this like oh let's um talk about how this car can only use three wheels i'm like oh that's a dumb idea that would be cut out 
where you have to be like, no, let's build off that, or the group has to be supportive but also constructive. Yeah, those were like the brainstorming sessions, the creativity sessions were definitely things that like I liked a lot, especially and I would go with them with our advisor and stuff too, where we would talk about like, how can we make this better? How can we make the breeze better? And also really when we talk about making the breeze better, we talk about making like the the freedom of information of the campus community better, right? Like we mm-hmm. want the stories to be cooler, the stories to make sense to people. And I think like that was something that I loved and like really enjoyed. Much more compelling. Yeah. Um. How did you feel about one of the last keynotes where they're talking about homelessness? Yeah, so I'm going to give some backstory on this one. So we, as like part of like the requirements for like our trip is that we have to go to the keynotes so that we can meet up with everyone, mm-hmm. which is I think is great because you talk about things or see where you're going to go next. And one of those required ones talked about two, two um, photographers or a photographer and a writer from um, San Francisco Chronicle, and they were talking about uh, just the stories they had done and the reporting they had done on homelessness. But they kind of talked about it in a vernacular that was more like casual and maybe kind of jaded. And I think like it made me upset, it made me angry, but I also I think kind of lit like this fire to be like, well, I want to change how that's talked about and like those issues and talk to homeless people as human beings and talk to them about their lives, but not not in a voyeuristic way or to exploit them or to, to like tokenize them, but to talk about them as human beings and, you know, the societal and systemic issues that put them in that place. It, it, like, it did feel like they um, dehumanized them for a little bit. And I see where they're trying to help and say like, I know we are trying to um, show their life, but also felt like they're trying to get a quick paycheck. And that wasn't something that I felt comfortable with. Um, not knowing until the end, after I started to piece this together, I um, I did ask him a few questions because all of you, most of you left. Yeah, uh, we, were, we were like, where did Charles go? So you asked them some questions. So what was your experience like staying back? Um, it, me and Jasmine stayed back to ask some, some questions. Um, I asked um, how do you see yourself in the next coming years? And do you feel like you have kind of desensitized yourself or moved away from this format where you've kind of like pushed yourself as a person back to just cover these stories because when they talked about um how they're looking for a family yeah and when they found that little girl like that's my family let's go talk to them let's take pictures of them and found those midget yes they covered them but it also kind of took away from the fact like you were just looking for someone to fit the quota yeah they were looking to exploit so what what was their answer to your question i'm curious now um to be fair as we were talking, they kind of, they, I had to leave. So let Jasmine um, continue my questions. I have not talked to her about that earlier. And I'd like to, but I don't have an answer right now. So hopefully next time I come back, they'll let me answer that. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I wanted to ask some questions, and then I just got angry and knew that it wouldn't go anywhere. But it was interesting, and I think that was probably my least favorite keynote. But on the topic of, like, covering, like, hard issues, the keynote before them the day before was talking about the East Bay Times. They're from Oakland. They're talking about, I don't know if anyone remembers, the 2016 um, Ghost Ship Fire, which is basically, like, a warehouse with a makeshift artist and, like, live performance space that caught on fire, unfortunately, killing 35 people. Um, And they talked about, like, how they went out and on the ground floor, like, interviewed people and did photojournalism and those things. And they talked about it in this way of, like, you're managing, like, your community, right? You're, you're, it's a community, like, one of the photographers is like, I used to go to those parties. Like, I used to go to those warehouses. And so you're managing grief in your community with people you know, but still also trying to, like, hold on to your duty as, like, a journalist to give people the information. And um, 
listening to them, they felt genuine. Yeah. They felt like they cared because after I did talk to them again, I actually talked to these people and um, I forgot his name, but he talked, I talked about how, how do you take yourself away? Do you take yourself away from um, being emotionally tied to these stories? Because I feel like after a while, your heart's just become more jaded and broken and it feels like the world's just kind of crumbling. And he told me, um, I can't. He's emotionally tied, but he talks to people. He lets that, you know, flow out. He, he, converses and tries to make sense of the situation so he can take this off his heart and he talked he talked about how people don't usually do that no more that they kind of just bottle this like sadness inside them and it results in them becoming older and older into the generations of journalism more jaded and more just cynical to the world and that was a format of understanding that i could not see myself doing anytime soon because it is hard to talk to people about, like, you know, emotions and feelings. Hard issues. Yeah. Yeah, I think overall, like, as we wrap this up, I think the biggest thing from this trip is just learning to be a better journalist and how that affects you as a person. And, like, you have to question yourself and your emotions and then see where that takes you as, hmm. as like, a worker and as a journalist in, in your career. Always um, work to tell the truth and help people. Never try to push people back and never try to... Stray away, stray away from the, your your main impact as a journalist. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll be right back after the break. Arsenic, formaldehyde, hydrogen cyanide, carbon monoxide. These are just a few of the 7,000 chemicals that can be traced from cigarettes. Tobacco-related deaths are expected to rise to around 8 million annual deaths worldwide by the year 2030. Put down the cigarette and don't be one of those people. Welcome back to the Breeze Radio Hour on AM 1630 or streaming on chafee.edu forward slash broadcast. I'm Katie Priest, your host here today with my co-host, Charles Akpala. Um, We just finished up talking about San Francisco and that's um, the past, but I want to talk about something that's upcoming, which is tomorrow. And it's been going on recently in the news, which is Super Tuesday. Do you know what Super Tuesday is? I'm going to know a little about about it, but I'd rather you explain it to me. Okay, so what Super Tuesday... So we've been having primaries, right? You hear about, like, the Iowa caucuses or Nevada and stuff like that. And, I mean, even to me, it's still, like, an arbitrary concept, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. But basically, it's the largest primary across the country. So I believe it's about... 10 to 12 states are going to get a solid number in my like research because it kept changing about who but california the reason why it's important to us is california is one of the states voting in this primary now do you know what a primary is 
No. <laughs> okay. So this is like the Cliff Notes version of like what a primary is. So like a primary basically is where voters have the opportunity to say to like their party, right, of choice, like if you're Democrat, Republican, whoever, you get to, you basically have the opportunity to say, this is who I want to be on the ballot come November when we vote for who takes the next like presidential seat. Sometimes it's, and there's, a, there's a other things in there as well, but the biggest thing we focus on is presidential. And this year, the main focus is on the Democratic Party, right? There's no challenger for our current president. So the Republican Party still, he has an, another chance for another term. All right, so then. now the, the, the look is at, I think someone just dropped out. So I think it's like four candidates right now who are still in the running for the Democratic race. So that's what people are voting for. And so there's a couple ways to like people for people to vote. So did you know like, did you know that about like the primary? Like yeah, no, there's a couple ways people to vote. Yes, I do know that. So it's different than like November 11th. So mm-hmm. November 11th, you can usually vote for whoever you want, regardless of like party choice, mm-hmm. right? So like, say you're Republican, but you're like, you know, at this time I want to vote for like Democratic congressman or whatever, right? Um, in the primary though, you have to be registered as the party that you want to vote for. So it takes like a lot of time. You got to check before. You know, and some people like today, I think L.A. County's voting today and then tomorrow, I think other counties vote or like like me, which I think is preferable. It's like you're a mail in ballot. So like you get it at home and then you write about it and then mm-hmm. you write in it and then you send it back. That would be way more convenient and easier to make sure you don't um, have anything fishy happen. Yeah. So that's just what Super Tuesday is. It's something you should focus on. It does affect people. But my biggest thing is always to just go out and vote. Right. Regardless of who you're voting for, like it's one of the beauties of democracy is to the ability to go out and say, this is who I want. This is what I want to happen and to vote. Um, I would also suggest researching the person you're voting for just to make sure you have an understanding, just so you don't um, throw your vote to the wind. Yeah. Well, it's not throwing it into the wind. I think it, everyone has the right to vote for whatever they want for, for whatever reasons. Um, but just always make sure that you have the right to vote and that you're registered and stuff like that. Um either tomorrow or again back in November when the actual election comes up and you're voting for more than just the president there's and if you don't know this is the best advice I've ever heard someone actually said it it's like a group of people if you don't know what you're voting for just skip it it's not a test you could just not vote it's great like if you're like I only know to vote for like one congressperson cool just vote for that one person and then send it in and you're done like it's really simple and just make sure you vote all right then so you're going to talk about some articles today I am I want to hear so. about these articles because that was my quick little like thing about like hey this is what's going on like you should learn about it. Um, I would like to give a how you say a shout out to an, a journalist that we know, um, Jasmine Martinez, and on their article on fear, what is from a standpoint of creators, um, and it just goes in on how we kind of as a community have like started to crave more exciting things, started to crave more things like get our, our heart bumping, where we kind of move past like the more more the situation make us think more that make us feel and we're just kind of in the moment and um do you believe as a society right now we only go for the exciting the thrilling the active yeah i think there i think that's like always though been like society i think if you look back like if you take your history class or art history specifically like if you look back there's always these things that like create shock or fear like they like incite some form of something and I think that is, like, I think that's what humans look for, right? Like, when you see clickbait, right? Like, that's, like, the new term for all those things, right? And you see it, and you're like, what is this about? Like, oh, so-and-so did this, and you click the article, and it's, like, nothing. Like, they're just eating a potato chip, and, like, it's no big deal. 
But like that's what it is. Is like, oh, what's going on? Like, what's this, what's happening? It makes me angry. I'm gonna click about it, right? And then now like we have social media, which basically gives people a public forum to like be like, I'm mad about this thing, like, you know, because they yeah. said this thing, and then like you actually read it, and like they didn't say that thing. Yeah. So, um, an idea I'm gonna bring it back to this is, um, how do you feel about the older kind of fear movies, just the ones that get your the horror movies from back in the day that kind of pioneered um, scary movies that we know now. Like the old Dracula, like Suspiria, stuff yeah, like that. Like Halloween. Yeah, those ones, I think, like, they're different. Like, it's different, though, right? Like, everything's different, but, like, at that moment in time, like, it was probably, like, the cream of the crop or the top of the craft, right? But you look back and the special effects and things like that are different. But you have to remember, like, like when you talk about, like, Suspira or the old Draculas or the old Frankensteins, like, those are all practical effects. And, like, when you look at that as, like, just like the the monument of engineering that goes behind that to like make something look real that's not happening is crazy, right? Or you talk about um, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and stuff like that when you find out like the blood's just actually chocolate syrup mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Or like to get her to be scared, they just didn't tell her when they were gonna come in the shower. Like those are, I mean, those things like aren't some of them aren't okay, but that's how they got those effects and things. And I think they're just different. I think they're used as inspiration now to create better like horror movies but i mean you could say that with any movie better dramas better comedies you look back at the like the product of those that came before you to try to become better and there was a quote actually like now that you're talking about like creation that was like it's like steal like an artist and it's like when it's you're looking for inspiration from other artists but you create it under your own guys yeah yeah it's um the idea of like using them as a template or inspiration for your new work yeah um, she even um, goes into why do we encourage things that um, create fear in their environment? Why do we? Why are we drawn to that? I think maybe you probably like. I mean, in your everyday life, like I don't think we experience fear in that way. I think it's like a level of like excitement, right? Like, I've, the average life is pretty mundane, right? Like you wake up, you eat your breakfast, you go to work, you go to school, or do whatever, play video games all day, right? There isn't this level of like the fear. I think fear. Sometimes, too, for us, like, in that, like, mundane life is, like, more of a, like, um, I don't want to say, like, arbitrary, but it's, like, harder to, like, pin down. Like, in horror movies, it's, like, it's this thing that's coming at you. It's this, you know, whatever, right? And, like, in real life, it's it's different, right? Like, you're afraid to, like, go on air or you're afraid to go into that interview, okay, well, right? Well, that's di- well, I'm just going to say <laughs> right now it's the fact of both of those situations, you know, a psycho killer or an airplane, you both die. It doesn't matter which way. It's still going to happen. It is, but I think, like, in that way, I think it's in more, like, a compact form that's, like, I think it's, having it, like, it's different, I feel, for, at least for me, I think it's different, like, I hate horror movies, but, like, things that scare me in real life, I'm more, it's easier for me to, like, process. Um, yes, I would say horror movies are, they are interesting, they're very well made, um, I'm very scared of horror movies as... I skip the trailers, I'm, like, so scared of them, I won't even watch the trailers. Um... Just a side note, um, I didn't go to a small, how you say, house party with a few friends, and we played. They played a, a horror movie called Hereditary, and um, it only it only took a few people. I'm not gonna say their names, but um, it had me, let's say, shook for a week. <laughs> Yeah, I think they I think they're different too cuz I think they're like concepts and things that you don't maybe face every day like in everyday life. And I think that, that that's what I think the draw is to horror movies. And I will move on to the next article. So what's your other article about? The other article is going to be upon once it loads. 
um, is going to talk about um, one of our, our a new act, not new actor, but um, someone who's gotten much more, let's say, light in recent years. Um, and Adam Adam Driver. Oh yeah, I think Lee talked about this last week because yes. I think she's he's like her favorite actor, mm-hmm. if I remember. Yeah. We should um, be talking about the next article. Arts in the Armed Forces, how Adam Driver merged Marines and Arts. And, like, have you, like, I've actually known what Arts in the Arts Forces is. I have a background in the military with, like, family and stuff like that. So I've actually looked into it. And it started as, like, a theater group. And just even when he was in the military as a Marine, just, like, finding an outlet for that. Because in the military, like, really the only two arts that you really see is either music or photography. Mm-hmm. And so it's finding, like, an outlet for that, like, acting bug that he had. Um, I had ma- I have many friends who are in the military and who were, were in the military. How they talked about like how they um they didn't have that much kind of freedom, but during with all this kind of stuff, they were able to express themselves and put themselves out there and take their mindset out of like just being always in combat, always in training. Um, even my father, who is a aerospace engineer, um, even though he's not really in the um the combat, he's able to still be able to express and get into these kind of things. And do you think that's like necessary? Like if this is a part of that piece, like do you think it's necessary even in like stricter like work environments or anything like that, it's still necessary to have that creative outlet re- regardless of what it is? You become less of a robot and become and more of a person if you're just not forced to be in this one segmented group of move forward, move forward, train, train when you have the option to do what you want and express yourself in whatever way you want to will help round out your person. So I believe it's not um, necessary, but it's highly suggested that you should have this in your life. Do you think art should be easily accessible to like everyone? Because I think like sometimes like we talk about this, like, you know, and like high school and stuff like that there's this issue for people of like oh like my arts program got cut or x y and z thing like do you think we should make arts more accessible for everyone i mean even outside of like highly restricted environments like the army or stuff like that i feel like it should always be an option i feel like the we as a people have been moved forward by the creativity of others who have gone beyond um the box they're placed into and if we have groups and programs to push forward that mentality we will keep growing and growing and have a better understanding of what's to come and what is to be right now yeah and i think i think it just offers this like well-roundedness to a person right like and i think like if you don't experience something how do you not know like if someone like if picasso never painted we would never have picasso right so like having that ability to like experience those things i think it's great they've pioneered um our aspects of creativity and arts back in the day so we as a people have the i'm just going to say this the necessity and obligation to keep furthering and furthering these creative minds to mold them to nurture them so that they can also be the pioneers of the next generation yeah, I 100% agree. And is there anything else from that article that you felt like was super important? Um, just the fact, I just want to talk about Adam Driver, how, um, and this is a touchy subject, and how when 9-11 happened, he immediately joined the Marines and immediately wanted to fight for his, fight for his country. And the reason he had to leave was because of an accident that um, I believe disrupted his sternum. And I think the guy is just an inspiration, and I feel as I would have the majesty of me ever meeting him just talking to him and picking his brain and get an understanding of where he comes from and learn more and more about him 
what about him inspires you and then um this is like one of my favorite things what about him would you want to like emulate like right so like there's something about him that you're like wow that's super amazing that makes me want to do things but what like what do you want to take action on too as well um just the fact that he he's able to just switch so quickly from being in the Marines to being an actor and how he's able to turn his life into a whole different direction. That's something that I, as a person, want to emulate because I'm in a situation where I have many routes I could go to in my life and this is just me trying to see if he can do it, I should be able to do it. Or I should be do it better or I should learn from it. Right. That's great. Yeah, just being basically like versatile and being able to like jump into different boxes, wear different hats and kind of... Yeah. Also, he's just a really cool guy, and I just would like to meet him. <laughs> well, if you could meet him, like, would you interview him, like, as a journalist? Like, would you sit down? Oh like, no, just a cup uh, of coffee I want to hang, hang out, like, just like hang out, then you know, mess around, play some games. If that's if he's cool with it. Yeah, and then the last thing I want to ask you before we like wrap up here is, um, if you could right now, as like you know, a twenty-two-year-old student journalist, what is something about Adam Driver that you could like implement today? Never look a gift horse in the mouth, and look for every window that opens up for you. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. I hundred percent agree with you. And um, we'll be right back after the break. Hi. Hey, did you see that post online about Julie? I totally wrote it. Wasn't it hilarious? Is all of that true? Who cares? She's dumb anyways. Are you talking about that post about Julie? Yeah. Funny, right? No, but that post about you was. What post? Oh, you didn't hear? You're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid. And oh yeah, you smell too. The whole school saw it. No big deal. That's so mean. Do they really write that about me? No, but how does it feel? Sometimes you can feel all alone when being bullied. That's when you can really use a friend. If you see someone you know being bullied online, let them know they're not alone. Stand up now, support a friend, save a life. For more information on cyberbullying, visit stopthemean.wordpress.com or call our hotline at 1-800-555-STOP. Hi. And welcome back to the Breeze Radio Hour on AM 1630, or if you're streaming, chafee.edu forward slash broadcast. I'm your host, Katie, and I'm here today with... Charles Paula Jr. Nice to meet you again. And today we're going to talk about, for our last little bit of the day, we're going to talk about zines. Um, Zine Fest is this Wednesday um, on campus. It's on the Wignall patio uh, from 1230 to 2 p.m. So, and it's free to everyone, and they have refreshments, which honestly is like the best thing. During lunch, you can get some free food or some free drinks. But before we get into what ZineFest is, because I've been a part of ZineFest before, one of our journalists wrote a piece called The A to Z of Zines. And she wrote it, her name is Alast Kamala Body, and she wrote this amazing piece, also with tons of great graphics explaining what zines are. So I've read the piece, have you read this piece? I've not had the time to, but I'm, <laughs> I've not had the time to. Bad journalist, Charles. It, it really is. I've not had the time to, but um, I know that she does very good work and she's a very hard worker. So whenever we're done with this, I am actually going to read through that very quickly because I want an understanding of it. So if you don't know what a zine is, it's essentially like my at least definition of it is it's basically like a piece of reading material. It could be 
size of magazine, smaller, fit in your pocket, that someone self-creates and self-publishes using a variety of different like DIY materials to then share either art. Sometimes they're like, you know, politically motivated. Sometimes they're just like advertising material. A lot of them know are art or like uses like in a magazine format. So they'll have interviews and stuff like that that they hand out in limited circulation. So someone might only make 25 or something like that. So kind of like the chief review? No, the chief review is, isn't self-published, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something like, I don't know if you've heard of like Riot Girls or stuff. Like, have you ever seen a zine? It's like a little booklet. It's thin. It usually has like colored paper on the outside and then on the inside, like white paper and you can flip through it. Sometimes they're tiny. Yeah. Okay. I I know you're talking about now. Yeah. And so like her definition that she pulls up because she did all this wonderful research is zines are independently published booklets or pamphlets of appropriated text and images for limited circulation. So Mm -hmm. small in batches, small amounts. There's usually like a master and then they print it out on a printer. And then she, like, just goes through, like, all these things. So there's, like, you know, the assembly, which is, like, very simple. Like, a lot of times it's, like, you're getting images and things together. You're gluing them down on a master sheet of paper and then putting them through a printer and making this, like, amazing, like, book or magazine that you just came up with yourself. What the Chief Review, though, strives to do, which I am going to talk about the review, is basically take those, like, pieces of art and things like that and share them in, like, a wider published book that's larger. And we get more than a limited quantity and Mm -hmm. we sell them at the bookstore and stuff like that. So that people can see those artists. So we use the Zine Fest as a way to like meet up with other artists and talk to them and hopefully give them a spotlight in our book. You should come to the Zine Fest just for the fact of um, learning more about the community and the, and the artists that are just stationed here. Yeah. So and a lot of the artists like they've put out the artist list and a lot of the artists are either past students of Chafee or artists from around the area. And they're wonderful people to talk to and get to know. Um, and there's like a history of zines, which I have here on my sheet that she printed out for me. And um, basically, like they started in the pre 1930s. They were leaflets and monographs that like they've always been around right like we heard about like the first newspaper like in america now i can't like remember the name of it but like remember thomas Paine and like you had that you know or like mm-hmm. um uh and Andrew, hamilton alexander hamilton, hamilton yes. had a pamphlet that he put out like you know asking for money and stuff like that to the treasurer and things like that um they're like are usually artist tools or they usually had like dissenting views or radical ideas um in the late 19th century saw the like beginning of the amateur press movement after the printing press and books were invented and things like that in the 1930s is when the first zine like roughly happened um so this just kind of has like some very deep roots for back in the day before yeah. even our time yeah like way back like we're talking almost like a hundred years more at way more than a hundred but like of zine zines like we're almost to 100 years of zines like we're in 2020 we're talking about 1930 it's 90 years of zines right do, do you think hamilton ever thought this um, girl to be this huge i don't think anyone i think like like if we go back just like even like talking about like the printing press the gutenberg and you've heard of that mm-hmm. like you know originally it was just like print the bible and stuff like that and it was the most read book and stuff like that back in the late 16th century don't quote me on that but it's like back there um was this like amazing invention because before people couldn't really read and it was like stories were told like all of the stories or fables or things that you hear were by word of mouth right Uh and then through that printing press which then was starting to get like more widely produced got documented allowed for more documents allowed for more uh, like access to reading and literacy and so i think then zines were a way for like the people because like right that kind of equipment was probably very expensive, right? Now we just have like a printer. You go spend like a yeah. hundred bucks and you can go print whatever yeah. you want. It's the idea that kind of now we have taken for granted for what we had 
in the past where it was like printed paper on the book that's something that's, <laughs> it's like so amazing and yeah, it's like wild with like it, gilded gold and it's stuff like sliced bread yeah right? in, a, in a weird way it's like sliced bread <laughs> don't don't quote me <laughs> printing's like sliced bread i'm gonna quote you on that i'm gonna print it out make stickers Believe but me. um i think like i think zines and pamphlets and stuff like that were a way for like the general public and the average person to not have to go through those more like limited routes to create and document things that they wanted to get out there as like public information and sometimes might have been like information that was censored right as journalists we fight against Mm -hmm. censorship Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that they were probably being like hey like this is something that's going on like we should talk about it and you know if you can't get in the paper you can't get in a book or something you have money you can just do it that way um and then fanzines were a thing um and like what fanzines were like she talks about one like um Spockanalia, where basically it was like people wanted um, from Star Trek, they wanted uh, Captain Kirk and Spock to like date, and so they make zines about it, right? And people do that with Harry Potter or Twilight or all those things. That sounds um, quote me if I'm wrong, a fan fiction. Yeah, like a, a pre a precursor to fan fiction probably was a fanzine, yeah. right? In the 1960s, um, there was like music sub subcultures, right? So you had the punk, right? Like the um, punk was coming out and then you know 70s there was more of the like you know like peace and love and like i can't missing out on the word like flower power and stuff like that and then you get 80s and all those things and there were kind of those underground subcultures there right like you think like if you think of the 70s you think of like more groovy rock but there's still punk or there were still like you know the dance house scenes you know or like Kind of like beneath the radar of most right, people. Right, under the radar of those things. And so, you know, those things are going to get in magazines and stuff like that. So zines were a way for those things to get shared. And, you know, and then due to like um, the 80s, you know, they had Kinko's, right, where you'd go and like print stuff. Mm-hmm. And then those like allowed for more people to like have zines, print things, do stuff like that. And then now like you at home you just have like a zero x printer you go to your local library and people now make zines and production costs lowered and it just makes it more and more accessible more affordable for the everyday common man right so would you ever like consider like making a zine or definitely like, if, like just to print some work i've done before and just have people let me the map people just read through and go through it that sounds be like a cool way to give out like your portfolio, right? Like, yeah. look at all the stuff I read, but here's it in like a little book that's like really cool, yeah. some art. Like, I'm like I'm creative. I can do this too. Here, right? And so I think like zines are really cool, and their history is really cool. And what's really cool now is like what people they're like really high quality. Like when I went to New York with the Breeze, I mm-hmm. went to a shop that had like a ton of zines, and there for like five dollars, I felt it felt like a magazine or like a book, but it was a zine, and it was you know the regular size and dimensions of a zine. What? Right now, and if you could remember, just bring back to me, what is your favorite zine you've seen in your recent years? So there's this one, I can't remember the name of it, but it was about a black man just, like, living his life in, like, Oakland and, like, just walking around and, like, you know, he stops and gets a po' boy and, like, you know, he interacts with his friends and, like, that stuff I think was really cool to just you know, painting different figures in different lights. And some of them are just, like, informational. Like, yeah. there's, like, this one about, like, <laughs> the the zine place I went to was, like, a witch stop, so they had one about, like, oh. moon rituals. And I was, like, that just seems, like, so crazy and, like, just out of this world. Like, I grabbed it, and I was, like, that's crazy. Like, it's all these things about how to do mit- rituals with the moon. I, I haven't done any, but it was, like, a cool I, thing I, to I, have. I think Ryan would like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, this one, like I've, I've lended those out to people all the time, and that's, like, another cool thing about zines is sometimes they're not paid for. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're lent, right? Like, you lend them to someone, and you get them back and you share them or you exchange them and stuff like that would you be cool bringing out a zine next you want, time, me, next you want time. me to bring in 
some zines next time we, next time we come out here maybe we can just read them out for people if they're interested but, so that yeah. so on the topic of people seeing zines and learning about more zines is why why the library and the wiccan all work together to create zine fest right is so that you can go meet with artists and people who are creating these wonderful things like last year at zine fest i got a lot of like really really cool crazy just like different things and just met a bunch of like interesting people who are doing wonderful things because there's people like the chafee review will be at, um zine fest on wednesday and we're not necessarily zine but we're like in that realm mm -hmm. but there's so there's always people there's zines and they're for sale lending there was a man who just had his poetry just in books is really cool and i think that's like that's a really way interesting. right and like you you see all these people and you learn about all these things that are like so different and new like i think that's like would you go to zine fest like if oh, you had the I'm, opportunity I'm, to i'm definitely going to zine fest now because just one to cover the whole subject and two i kind of want to see what kind of zines are out there now and um if you all want to come out and check out the zines and see us we'll be there yeah. The Chafee Review. The Chafee Review be there. Zine artists will be there. But the library, which I don't know if anyone knew this. Did you know this? You can go to the library at any time and check out a zine. Like, you can go in, use your library card or your student ID, and check out a zine and read it. Like, take it home with you, read it, and bring it back like you would a book. As you can tell, I did not know that. And now <laughs> I'm probably going to do that when I have a chance. Yeah. So, it's, like, super cool because, like, you can, like, if you can't afford to buy a zine, right? I mean that's okay like and you can go then the jv library probably goes out and gets these things that will be on display at zine fest and then mm -hmm. you can just go get them for free with your student id and read them and learn about them so that's enough for everyone else to um just go and flood the library and go take a zine are there are there like have you ever seen a zine like ever like or... i i may have without knowing but i can't say for sure i would like to now i'd like to see a bunch of them just to see what they have. I want to see a ritual, maybe once or twice. <laughs> just some, some random thing and some book someone made. Maybe about chicken. <laughs> about chicken? You want to see a zine about chicken? That could be a thing, right? Would you make a chicken zine? Put no. <laughs> you want to see a zine? Like, what would you do? Would it be about the animal? Would it be about the food? Would it be how to cook it? Like, not, like, like walk us through what a chicken zine looks like, because I'm, like, now very interested. So, one, it could be of how just chickens are just as domesticated food or how to just make the perfect chicken with different formulas. You could formulas. have a pet chicken, though. Like, I feel like they're not just domesticated. Like, because, like, okay, so, like, you have to remember, like, chickens are meat, but you also have, like, eggs. Like, you can't just talk about a chicken like it's, like, a, like a pet that you eat. I've like, had they, a chicken. You have I, a pet chicken? I, I had one growing up. It was an ass. It was a jerk. Your pet chicken was a jerk. Yeah, it, it would um, run around, peck at us, and just go crazy. Um, it wasn't a very nice chicken, so when my parents got rid of it, I just looked away and just gave it side eye. So your chicken zine would be about chicken as a food, then? Because you have a yes. bias towards chicken. A, a very, a very deep, deep bias towards chickens. I'll say that right now. I think chickens are great. I don't. I think they're cute. I don't. They're fluffy. They're not. They're nice. You could strap a chicken. Did you know, like, their neck, like, you you can move their body, but their neck won't move? So, like, no, you could I, strap, a like, a camera, like, a GoPro to a chicken's head and, like, move it around. See, and, like, use it like a tripod, no, and cool. its head won't move. Cool. That's great. But if I attach that to the chicken, it just you just be seeing me running away from it. That's what you would see from that GoPro on my chicken. I think you should make a chicken zine, and I think you should share it at Zine Fest on Wednesday, so that everyone can see your your bias towards chickens. I no. think I think I think that's what you should do for the Chafee Review. I I don't want to be known as a crazy chicken man, though. I think you should, though. like the football player who eats chickens. 
but no. I like Zine Fest. I have some friends who are going to be there, some wonderful artists. They're going to share some great things. Charles's Chicken Zine will definitely be there for sure it on might. Wednesday, the 4th. It might. 12.30 to 2 on the Wignall patio, which is outside. It should be very nice. It's been very nice outside recently. And it's free with refreshments. And it's you should free. go. But side note, the Chafee Review is going to be there. And the Chafee Review, if you don't know, is Chafee College's resident art journal. We create it down in um, Warden Hall, <laughs> our little side um, room that no one ever sees. You should come visit us. But we are coming out with a new version of it at the end of April, beginning of May. We're going to have a film festival on uh, May 16th. It's a Saturday in the Chavy College Theater. Um, but we're still accepting submissions for visual art, poetry, fiction, and nonfiction until March 13th. So you can either hand bring it down to us in um, Warden Hall 71. That's where we're located. Or you can send it to us online at the Chafee Review dot, why can't I remember, <laughs> dot org. Here we go. The Chafee Review dot org is our website, and you can go submit there. We're looking for tons of visual art, but we really want it from Chafee students. We love highlighting Chafee students. It's an opportunity for you to get a book with your art in it and share it with those around you. So come hang out. Come hang out at Zine Fest or come to come to the breeze. Show us your art. Show us your work. We won't bite. We'll just talk to you. Yeah, and especially at Zine Fest. If you are there, you're looking to talk to artists, you're an artist yourself, talk come talk to us at the review. We'll find a way to get you in our book. You know, we really, really prioritize Chafee students um in as many ways as we possibly can and we want to get more of your guys' art and more of your work in in our book and to share it with people. Charles, you work as a fiction editor. And I do. You, you see all the submissions we do have. There is a great amount. But we want more from Chafee College students. As much We want to highlight local artists and Chafee College students. If you know of anyone or can think of anyone, send them our way because we'd love to have them. So remember, either come see us at the, the Zine Fest on Wednesday. It's from 1230 to 2 at the Wigginall Patio. It's the 4th. Or come visit us online at thechafeereview.org. Is there anything else you want to talk about today, Charles? I just want to talk about um, thank you all for listening to us, and I hope you have a nice day. Yeah, so be sure to either catch this stream again on chafee.edu forward slash broadcast or follow listen to us again on AM 1630. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I'm Charles Kapala. I know. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's wireless companies, and the National Safety Council.
And welcome back to the Breeze Radio Hour on AM 1630, or if you're streaming, chafee.edu forward slash broadcast. I'm your host, Katie, and I'm here with... Shafiq Paul Jr. And um, for our last little quick tidbit of the day, we're going to talk about something that the Breeze has been doing and we're looking to do again, which is called Artist Spotlight. So last semester, we met with a bunch of like artists from around the community so a lot of musicians so like um local musicians such as like delete insert or our of our heart shout out to them um many many talented people many talented people artists um there's this wonderful artist based out of the high desert named benay winkle and she just paints among the rocks in the desert which i thought was really cool um just college age students and people who are out there creating either art music anything in the creative field and we love highlighting them and so um, like some of my favorite things from those experiences too is you learn about people's journeys, like with how they get, how do they get this point. And that's something great about like community college too is everyone's has such a different story from other like besides I feel like from a regular four year it's like I got out of high school and then I had a summer and then I went to college. Like you know like everyone has a different story. Everyone has their own kind of um, why are you here situation, and it's very interesting to see how they are interacting and how they are changing from their new environment. It's um, a whole process, which is something to watch and observe, and it's very interesting. Right, and so that's what Artist Spotlight does, but also Humans of Chafee, which is um, the breeze's like uh, spotlight on different people around Chafee, mm-hmm. faculty, admin, students, um, just basically anyone who works at Chafee or is at Chafee. We work to like highlight them, and so um, I've done a bunch of Humans of Chafee. Like I've interviewed librarian Carol Huddy, which is like why I'm in love with the library. Just after that conversation with her, I know you've interviewed some people. I've um, done Humans of Chafee on my coach, actually Coach Hathaway, um, during last semester, where the football team has now gone undefeated once again and are now um, Southern Carolina champions. So that's good for us. <laughs> I think yeah, and I think those things like Artist Spotlight and Humans of Chafee really like highlight the different people on campus or around the campus and in our community that are doing like exceptional things and different things and I want to do more of them and I want to like meet more people and see more people hear their stories share their stories with those like around us and stuff like that so um I think that's like something really cool and like is there anyone you would like to see get highlighted this this semester um well, for one, I'd like to see um, Michelle Dowd, one of our um, our journalist instructors, come from all the hard work she's done and how she's kind of been um, opening these doors for a lot of a lot of media to be access to the breeze and to the school. I'm just giving you know thanks and respect to her. That is something interesting to go over about. But um, you want to go back to um, artist spotlight. Yeah, so Artist Spotlight, I have, actually it's funny, I like didn't have anyone ready for the semester, like it's super busy, and I land in San Francisco, like we were talking before, mm-hmm. earlier at the top of the hour, and um, I get on a train, and someone literally messages me, and was like, hey, I just put out new music, and I was like, hey, that's great, I'll listen to it if you come on my, like if you come talk to me for my, like, for my series, for my video series, and mm-hmm. that was like hilarious, because it was like, not even in, not even in town, and someone's like, hey, listen to my music and so there's more people i think that'll like come along more artists and stuff i think i remember you talking about that because when you're on the train your face is kind of lit up when you heard when you got this man i'm like oh that's cool 
Yeah, I love like interviewing people, talking to people. I like interview you, even though I'm not supposed to. Like we're working on this together, and I'm like, so like, what do you think? Like, what do you do? Like, why are you here? Just like, put me in a favorite. spot like that. <laughs> I love interviewing people, getting to know more about them, especially artists on campus. And that's like we like Zine Fest and things like that, where mm-hmm. we go and we find more people to talk to and share their story. Yeah, um, I'm actually if whenever this happens, I'm gonna go because I want to cover just the whole experience and um, just cover more artists, give them actually more of a standhold at the school. Because I think actually I was gonna talk to you about and just um, the, our, our staff is wanna have like a music day on the breeze where just these local artists come out and play the music. Yeah, there's a lot of things and stuff like we should talk about in the breeze. But um, before we wrap up, if you have an artist or if you're an artist or if you think of someone that should be interviewed for Humans of Chafee and stuff like that, you can either DM us on our social media at The Breeze Paper, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. or there. We'll answer you right away. Or you can send us an email at thebreeze at chafee.edu and just like uh, drop us a line. Let us know who you want us to interview, who you want us to talk to, or even, hey, so much shameless self-promo. Let us know, like, hey, I'm creating this amazing thing and we should talk about it. Mm-hmm. We want to give credit where credit is due. And if you're doing great and if you know someone who else is doing great but isn't getting the exposure they need or are are gratified or, you know, we want to expose them. We want to show them to the world and we want to show them to, to Chafee students and who these people really are. Yeah, so... Thank you so much for listening to the Breeze Radio Hour today. I'm your host, Katie. You've been listening today on AM 1630, and I've been here with... Charles Paul Jr. Have a nice day. Eight. We've worked together for years. Seven. I'm the parking attendant. I park your car every day. One in eight Americans is struggling with hunger. Six. We speak at PTA meetings all the time. Including millions of children and seniors. Five. I went to summer camp with your son last year. Four. I'm your old friend. We went to high school together. Someone you know is in need. Three. I work at the gas station. I pump your gas. Two. I'm your neighbor. Our kids are classmates. Who's the one in eight in your life that needs help? One. We live next door to each other. You can make a difference through Feeding America and its nationwide network of more than 200 food banks. Take action at feedingamerica.org slash one in eight. A public service announcement brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.